will find you. And I will kill you. Oh, I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the five bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale of your mind? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And as usual, whenever I start a show, I hit the wrong key to <laughs> not have it start as smoothly as I would like it to. Uh, so, welcome back to the show. I know we took a week off. It was kind of unplanned, but planned at the same time. Um, we might... I don't want to take next week off, but we might have to take next week off just because there's some stuff happening next Friday night uh, that might impact whether or not I'm going to want to stream. Um, <laughs> and before I forget, because I forgot to announce it last week and uh, really beat myself up afterwards, um, we have a giveaway to announce um, a digital copy of um spider-man no way home uh 4k uh digital copy uh will be up for grabs but it's not just for free completely um we would like for you to share the podcast out um on social media um primarily our youtube uh because that's how we'll be announcing it we'll be live either next week or the week after subscribe to the channel comment um, and so anyone who does all of those things uh, will be entered in automatically. Now, I do have to say this will be for U.S. people only. So uh, only because I know the code will most likely only be uh, redeemable um, in the States uh, since that's where we're located. But just uh, wanted to make sure I announced it this week. And just in general, just, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing out the podcast, it always will help uh, grow and it's free. So we don't ask anything really for this. You see, I got a new mic and uh, paid that out of my own pocket. So uh, like I said, always trying to improve and upgrade as much as we can. And uh, we do it pretty much on our own dime. So any support uh, by sharing it out to your friends and families, greatly appreciated. I know it. I hate saying it every time, but it's just that wonderful YouTube jazz. Um, so this week, we are going to be talking about episodes five and six of Picard and episodes one and two of Moon Knight. And if uh, anything else kind of comes up, uh, it'll we'll 
we'll talk about it. Uh, but I figured, um, let's get the the kind of not so great uh, talk out of the way. Meaning Picard. Uh, Picard. <laughs> I, I assume we're on the same page. We really both haven't talked about it since uh, since we've watched it. Because um, I watched them before you did, and I know you just got them watched recently, and. I watched episode six last night, and I was like, "Ooh, boy!" Um, so let's let's just uh, let's dive into into that topic uh, right now. Um, so episode five, I'm pulling it up here as we speak because I'm always not prepared as well. Um, was titled "Fly Me to the Moon." Um, so Picard discovers an important person from his past may be integral to the divergence in the timeline. Q continues his manipulation of the timeline. Uh, we get introduced to, uh, Dr. Adam Soong and Seven and Rafi do their thing. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much the episode. Yeah. Know? I was like, that's pretty much all that happens in the episode. The I mean, it's, it's typical Star Trek fare in that we have the setup and then we execute the plan, you know, going into like the situation, I think a lot about like that DS9 episode when they go into the Vix, you know, and stuff like it. Or um, what's the one based on the book um, in Next Generation? I can't remember the title of that episode. Oh, but yeah. Worf and Jordy and and Riker all end up in that casino, and it's a book. I mean, it's very typical Star Trek fair, so it's not like completely out of like left field or anything like that. It's a very, very standard Star Trek episode. Yeah, this one out of the two, I don't have as much issue with. Um, it's it's more that six is kind of more of the same. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, this episode, like, it just it does what it needs to do to kind of give us more of clues of what's happening with the timeline. Uh, that we get, you know, the Watcher, uh, which makes a reference to an episode of the original series that I'm trying like my hardest to remember because I don't. I mean, the name Gary Seven, like, is familiar to me, but I don't specifically remember, like, what season and what episode that was. Um, but it still doesn't explain everything um, for me. And I'm fine with, like, Rene Picard being kind of the reason the timeline diverges, because it's Q, and Q messes with Picard. So, like, it's apropos. Uh, <laughs> that it's a Picard. That it, yeah, that it's a Picard, and it's a monumental Picard. Um, introducing the Doctor Soong stuff is a mixed bag for me as well, especially having the uh, the actress who plays Soji playing his uh, daughter in this as well. Um, I mean, the the good point is it's establishing that connection of why Soong in the future would design. Uh, Soji that way um, but outside of the eugenics part of it because we know the eugenics wars is a is a pretty big part of the Star Trek lore and history it didn't do a whole lot for me um, uh, I mean it's just like kind of obvious manipulation is obvious type of type of stuff going on with that um, but yeah this episode like again it kind of just fills some gaps, moves the story a little bit further. Uh, not 
there's not really like this is this is why it's kind of hard to talk about and just wanted to kind of get it out of the way because I figure we'll probably end up spending more time discussing Moon Knight. Um, yeah, sorry, I was trying to look no, up that fine. episode. I mean, it's Assignment Earth, but I was trying to like look up something to like refresh my memory on it. You know? Yeah, because it's it's just one of those one of those ones where it's like, yeah, I know it, but yeah, but I don't. It's not right at the tip of my mind. I was exactly. trying to find like a picture or something. Like, it's season two, episode 26, and I'm just trying to, like, look at pictures. Let's see if I can... Assignment Earth. I mean, it just says they encounter a guy. Okay, so <laughs> it, uh, it was played by Robert Lansing. Um, let's go ahead. And... But I'm really just not... It's not really, like, like, coming straight to mind. Even, even looking at the picture of him, I'm like okay um like i vaguely remember uh you know this is from the actual image uh from the from the episode um oh i don't know why they did a doctor who uh edit there but they did um <laughs> so yeah i'm gonna have to go back and and definitely like rewatch that episode because yeah it, it maybe maybe it'll help me understand some more of what's going on there because again you know okay that's fine that you're making that connection but you don't explain the laris connection i feel like that's just like a typical star trek thing though of like let's just use the people we have just kind of like soji's playing his daughter and stuff like the cat these are the cast members that we have we'll just use them yeah, you know. but, like, Soji makes more sense because of the connection. Whereas this Watcher, ha like, even Picard says himself, he's like, well, you're not Romulan, so you can't really be a distant ancestor. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you wanted to have that kind of heart tug pull on Picard, but you haven't given us an explanation maybe with next week's episode which is again they're doing the thing i didn't want them to do is they're spending way too much time here in the past yeah it it is starting to feel like okay we've been here for like uh, it feels like five episodes has it been it's maybe it's just been, been four it's been, uh since episode three so we're right we're so at, it's only been three we're at three. it feels it feels like we've been there a little too long right and, this is uh, where, like I said, last year, last season felt like they took one really good episode and pulled it apart and yeah. got the, all the good meat in between. This feels like them doing, trying to do that same thing and failing because it's just the slow filler stuff. Right. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it feels really kind of disconnected and disjointed because there's not really been too much, uh, too much like interaction between Q and Picard. Cause even when... Yeah, that's the best part, is when well, Q's on screen. Not only is it the best part, it, it's characteristic, right? So every time Q messes with Picard, he gloats in his face. Like, every right. single time, multiple times, annoying the living shit out of him, just because <laughs> that's who Q is. And instead, we're seeing a more, again, a Q kind of without his powers, um, but... Ish? Like, yeah, like he, I mean, he still has them, but he doesn't have them fully, which is why he involves Dr. Soong. But, like, that doesn't seem characteristic for, 
for Q. It, like it, it, that's that's the problems I'm having with these with these last two episodes is characteristically being uncharacteristic. Like yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with Q. Just because like I I I was trying to remember like the last time that we had seen him, and I feel like it was Voyager. Right. But in that in that trial and the being allowed to die, but I don't know why being allowed to die automatically means they all age like i need some kind of explanation because if they're just gonna go oh well now he's getting old it's kind of like well i I don't even know if the if it's the aging thing because the aging thing he did for picard and he's right but he's 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 having like he's he's having right he he looks a little crazed and he's having some issues i feel like they're gonna say he's aging whatever that means for a cue you know Right, right. So it, it's just one of those things where it's like now we're getting we're in the second half of the season and we're getting to the point where we have four episodes left. And, you know, much like with Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's like, are you going to be able to wrap up all of these plot lines satisfactorily for us within these four episodes? Because when um, I mean, we just basically talked about episode five, uh, you know, Rafi gets or Rafi and seven break Rios out. Uh, you know, there's. I'm glad they didn't waste any more time with that, though. Yeah. They kind of break them out and they're gone. Right, mm. and then we have more of. Again, this is something we said at the at the very beginning when we started reviewing this season. They're doing the Girardi double agent again because they do they expound more on the Borg stuff, and then uh, you know Borg Queen manages to do what the Borg Queen was going to do, mm-hmm. which we all knew she was going to do. Uh, yeah. And then she, you know, begins to assimilate her, but then pass it off that, you know, oh, no, uh, Girardi just killed the Borg Queen. And then when we get to the end of the episode, when they begin their Ocean's Eleven type uh, heist, um, <laughs> that the Borg Queen is with Girardi and that she did, in fact, assimilate, well, begin to assimilate her. Yeah, again, the whole slowness with the assimilation process seems really strange to me with just because they've shown it before as being a little faster. So I, I, I agree, but I have to give them some credit because when we get to episode six, they do some explanation. Like it's, it's not a little bit, it's not great. It doesn't uh, completely. Um, and of course the sun decides to finally come out all day. So that's why my screen screen's messing up. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they at least tried to come up with an explanation, even though it's completely not like satisfactory that that's the that that's the reason why. Uh, but the stress, you know, her stress hormones or whatever, her anxiety, which is counter because usually it was when the prey was weaker and in more in fear or stressed out that assimilation took over quicker yeah but fast yeah this time it's oh no only your you know your happy thoughts your are, endorphins yeah, yeah. Are, are maybe maybe it's different for the queen uh, as a, as a well, queen mechanic maybe maybe it's different because she's been you know removed from her body and in that tube thing for a right, while or right. something i don't know it just kind of seems and, and the whole thing of like not even bothering to i mean if she had that tentacle thing yeah and she could assimilate she didn't try the ship. She didn't go out and assimilate that guy and then have him inject tubules into Girardi. Like right. there's just so much there that I feel like I don't really, I don't really feel like we're utilizing her the way that we could. I don't know. 
Well, and again, they're doing they're doing the thing that they did in the first season again, making Girardi kind of the double agent. You know, it's like we we saw this, and it, it was fine last season, but we don't need to rehash it again. Yeah, and completely do it again. Yeah, um, because now when we get and that that's the other issue I had with uh, with episode six because episode six just kind of continued on. They're trying to prevent Q's, um, you know, manipulation from. Uh, driving Renee out of the Europa project, which was what we assumed the Europa mission was going to be the thing that uh, was going to be where the divergence was. And then, you know, we get the exposition that uh, Renee is the um, reason why, because she discovers a life form and, and and so on and so forth. Um, But like, it's just a continuation of it. But when I looked at the runtime at the very beginning, I'm like 38 minutes. Like, (laughs) And it's one of those ones where it's in media res, so you've got the countdown, so you jump at the beginning, yeah. you know, at the end of the episode technically, and then you walk backwards, and and it, it like there's nothing really wrong with the episode outside of it's just too short. It's again just kind of spending way too much time in the past. I will say, however, though, the uh, scene between Picard and Renee was really good. Like, I mm-hmm. really liked the writing there. I really liked how they approached the, the you know, the subject of fear and, and uh, overcoming it and what, you know, how, how to really kind of not um, not let that anxiety kind of control you, uh, which is a, re- a really good message and a really good, good scene. But again, like, it's just... Dr. Soong is doing his his thing for Q so he can save his daughter. Then you add the subplot of, oh, wait, the daughter's a clone, which, you know, it was like red <laughs> flags that it was going to be a clone. So it was obvious. Um, but ultimately, it just leaves us there in that cliffhanger of, OK, now the Watcher is going to enter Picard's mind. They don't want them to enter Picard's mind. Yeah. Girardi board queen is walking into right. where are they San Francisco or yeah. wherever it is they yeah. are Los Angeles um but yeah they're just it, it's like it just feels so disjointed with all the well, different it's, plot lines it's another one that kind of feels like they haven't made up their minds like you've talked about before about run times oh, and yeah. that if yeah. it was if this episode and last episode should have all been one right and they didn't know where to cut it and they're kind of like well we've got this other stuff that we're going to do. And this is just kind of, yeah, you know, but it's, yeah, it really is. It's really basically one episode essentially. And I would, and I would totally agree with that. Like if this had been a part of episode five, I'd be like, okay, you know, it's, it's fine. Like I wouldn't have as much issue with it because it it does feel like it's just because again, where it ends with them entering the gala and then Girardi getting arrested and, Oh, it's the board queen. And then you literally reopen almost right there. Like you have your little bit with Picard and then you jump to 34 minutes before or whatever. And then it's literally her at the end of the last episode, the Borg queen going, Oh, getting captured. Such a good plan. Like it, 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 that there's no reason for that. It's very sloppy. And, and it left for this kind of cutting room floor, like cutting floor uh, episode where it's like, you could have cut this episode out completely, you know, quite <laughs> frankly. Like, there's. I mean, you, you could have. There's a bunch you could have chopped up, and it would have been like one episode of right. forty-five minute track. Right. Exactly. Um, so, 
it was just kind of uh, like like I put in the in the description uh, in the description or the title of, of today's live stream. It's like it's just dragging at this point. Like it it, it doesn't want well, to pick up. They've they've brought up like you said about plot points. So they've they've sparked my interest in things that yes. I'm like, are you gonna do this in four episodes? Because now I'm thinking like somehow this Doctor Soon's gonna be involved with the eugenics war mm-hmm. that's about to happen. You know why is he? have all of these clones, you know, obviously you, cause then I'm thinking they're like, well, it's 2024. And I'm like, well, I guess technically somebody could clone a person. I mean, we've cloned enough animals and right. stuff. And you know, cause when he has that drone shade thing out to shade her from uh, the sun and stuff, I'm just thinking about like four years from now, you know, <laughs> the technology that they're, that they're like, this is what will be in four years. You know, well, is it 2024 or 2044? I can't remember. I thought they said 2024. Uh, we will do a quick check on that. A quick quick shirt search? Because uh, that's that, what I thought that they said. Uh, let's see. Because pretty soon... No, we, you are correct, 2024. Okay. Yeah, for, for this timeline, pretty soon we have to go into World War Three right. to come out of it and be in that Dark Age sort of thing, and then Cochrane can go and uh, you know, do the warp, warp flight for the Vulcans to see. In this universe. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Um, but they've, they've just brought up these little things now that I'm I'm like, we're either going to end up staying here for the entirety of the season, and at the end of the season, we will get out. That I'm just kind of like, eh. well, It's not really what I wanted to spend a whole season, basically, in the past. So, because um, there's, again, there's not much else to really talk about the episodes, but let's talk about the... the the more interesting um, uh, interesting thing that kind of came out this week uh, about Picard. Because uh, much like we had said, uh, we didn't want this to run on for like seven years because you have to run into the risk that Patrick Stewart may pass away at some point during that time. They did say that season three is going to be the final season. I am completely fine with that. And I like the fact, since it was in the announcement, I would play the trailer, but they'd hit us with a copyright claim, um, (laughs) that the entire cast of Next Generation will be back. So we'll have Riker, we'll have Jordy, we'll have uh, Troy, we'll have um, Crusher, Crusher. um, and we'll have Worf, which is, is the big one that I think most people have kind of been wanting to see especially with the differentiation between how Klingons are in Discovery versus how they are or were in Next Generation. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they go back with the traditional style. But I'm, I'm starting to wonder at this point in the season that the outcome of how this season ends is going to directly impact what, what season three is going to be about. Um, yeah, it, it almost feels like two and three you're probably going to be like could have been one big long season right right and and i also have to wonder because they have not obviously announced a um a release date yet for it but it's really early to release a teaser for a, a new season and i get it they did it for first contact day which is okay like maybe maybe they just wanted to do that as part of the celebration but um I am inclined to think that we will probably start getting it by the end of this year. Um, just as a means to kind of finish everything and, and wrap it all up. And uh, it almost appears that they've already had filming done 
and maybe are wrapping it up as as we speak who knows um and and again i would be fine with that especially if season two leads us or leaves us on um uh, a cliffhanger you know where where we're kind of left wondering what is going to be the actual outcome how is this going to end because it seems like season three is going to be a lot about legacy so we'll, we'll really see how this kind of wraps up but yeah. um there's really like i'm i was so kind of disappointed in these two weeks of episodes again not so much by episode five but just really kind of episode six kind of retroactively hurt episode five because of its of its short run time and the fact that we are still setting here in the past and I, my <laughs> guess is eight or nine we're, is when we're going to finally be back in, in the present i don't i don't even know if we're going to do it i think if they're going to pull it out to the very last episode could be could very because well be. next episode is definitely going to be it's it's probably going to jump back and forth between um talon or whatever her name is laris basically um in picard's mind if we're seeing those images that we keep getting pieces of with his mom right we're going to jump between that and whatever chaos that borg queen Girardi is going to be doing right. and whatever our team is going to be either be split or like some of them are going to try and tackle that issue maybe they won't even know what's going on and we'll spend the majority of our time in picard's mind but I feel like that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. That'll be a whole episode at least. Oh uh, yeah. And, so that's, and it that's, could very well be two episodes. check one. We're still in the past. Right. Yeah. And, and like you said, it could be two. So that could be potentially two more. And we have what? 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's like, I, I think it's, I think it's going to pull all the way out to the last episode. Could very well. And uh, then them coming back, it's going to be the kickoff and into season three. I'm also uh, a little because again, this is something that they're they're not doing a really good job addressing is uh, Rafi seeing Elnor, whether Everywhere. That's, whether it's because like the uh, on the bus scene, it made sense that it was her mind filling in the blanks, but at the gala, it was just there was no one there. Like it wasn't yeah. even a, a random person that kind of had long black hair. Um, so is there something going on there or is it just, again, her inability to come overcome that grief? They're not doing a good job of answering that. Um, yeah. Or even just tackling on it being her grief. Cause she could be talking to seven going, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm seeing him everywhere, everywhere I go, everywhere I turn. This is why I'm on edge. Uh, Cause you know, you want to have that relationship between Rafi and seven and and Rafi was the one who appeared to be more open out of the two because that was kind of her whole issue with Seven was she was closed off because of her uh, connections with Borg and of course now I'm I'm really freezing out because <laughs> of that son um, teleporting. But uh, you know there, it's really weird and inconsistent with the fact that they're they're just really not trying to address some of the plot points some of the story points like even even we get to the clinic uh where they take picard to get worked on because you know it's they know it's the place they can go without going to a hospital and there's no talk between the doctor and rios about well wait a minute last time i saw you you were at a detention center like now you're in a tux what's going on here i mean she they 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 show that she's kind of apprehensive about it 
but they don't even have a a scene between the two yeah. of them. So well, and they totally explain it away as she's just apprehensive, and I got to go back home to my son. Right, but like yeah, like they just they just kind of like okay, she's done with the scene. Let's go. Let's get rid of her. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, score wise, uh, I would I would give episode five eh, like a three and a half. Um, but I'd give episode six like a two and a half. You know, I, I, I hate to come up really kind of harsh on it, but that's, that's really how kind of disappointed I was, um, in these, in these two episodes. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I feel like still that it's like one big fat episode that it could have just, you know. Well, it would have improved it for sure. I'm just trying to, I don't, I don't know if I feel like it quite deserves a three, but not as quite as low as we like do (laughs) 2.8, 2.9. You like like to break our rules with our, you know, it's, it's just this, this season really to me is feeling like a bingeable season where like if they had released them all at once, we could have just swept through all 10 episodes and that would have been it. And that would have been over. Like, very easy to watch like back to back to back. Whereas like last season did feel like very much like there's the mystery and I'm excited for the next episode and what's coming. And I'm like getting into it. And this is just kind of like, eh, if I don't watch them, I'll just binge them all. And it's fine. Like it's not really drawing me in the same way. I don't know if they had a change in writers. No, I think it's about the same writers on there. I don't know if they didn't, plan out the story i don't i don't know what's going on but i part of what i do wonder for season three is if they're going to end it with everybody still alive or if they are going to allow picard to die at the end of season three uh at this point as much as i would hate it uh i think you have to kill him uh, i think you have to i don't, I, I, I don't know I, I th- not like oh he has to die in in battle or anything <laughs> like that but i do think uh, especially when he when he makes the the point of legacy in the teaser trailer and he's writing the note, I mm-hmm. think this is his last hurrah. He goes out with glory and his funeral. Like I think you end the, with the funeral with everyone there. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, just, I can see that. Just just to to kind of give it its end cap. Um, because there's really outside of books, there's really no other other way that you can continue the Picard's that Picard story. Yeah, it would have to you'd have to recast and people would throw a healthy, you know, I mean, hissy fit. I would. I don't typically, but in this instance <laughs> I would. Because uh, I mean he's so the iconic only, in the role. The only way I would be okay with any kind of Picard offshoot would be if it was like a you know, if they did one of those, like the Rascals episode, where it's like he's a kid again, he's twelve oh, yeah. years old, you yeah. know, and like, and we go kind of like that way. Yeah, I mean, but, you can I mean, always that, do a young Picard. You know, yeah, I don't want them to do that. I'd rather they just go ahead and let him die. Or, or you know, if you if you can somehow, because I mean, it's hard for him because he's never had kids. But if you somehow had somewhere that there was a relative or. Well, his one son, but I guess he died, didn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Because he had the heart yeah. thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then there was, of course, his um, his clone, played by Tom Hardy, if you re- if you believe that. 
Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's just one of those ones where it's like I, I'd rather you end it with his death, uh, give him a good send off, and have everyone there for it because that's the only way you can do it. Now everybody, yeah, the only Leslie. person. Well, I was gonna say the only person that can't be there is Data. But. So I know, okay, that's that's a very interesting uh, interesting subject because I, I like what Brent Spiner did, uh, which was he specifically had in his contract, I think, for season two with, like, no more data, right? Because, I mean, they, they wrapped that story up, and I thought they wrapped it up very well uh, mm-hmm. in season one. But when you l- look at that teaser you have dialogue from data and i i think all the, the dialogue that plays in that is recorded from the that season it's not sound clips from prior stuff so i think data will be there in some form or manner um but like not physically there i i don't think you'll have a physical yeah. version of him but the fact that Brent Spiner is still going to be involved, and I, I kind of like the fact that he is involved and has been involved with all three seasons. It's it's kind of nice that you know they managed to find ways to still use him uh, outside of the character of Data. So I, I really do mm-hmm. like that and appreciate that, um, even to the extent like where you know we never saw Doctor Soong in in Next Generation, so that when we got to see him in Picard. It like was a nice kind of connection of why Data and Lore and Before all looked like him, you know. Like there's <laughs> that nice connectivity, and and again going back to the Soji thing, like it makes sense why Soji looks like Soji because of the the daughter uh, stuff going on in 2024. So, um, but yeah, it, it's I I do like that they're gonna wrap it up. Hopefully, they'll give us a satisfying ending, and maybe. Because, like, this is the one thing we could say about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, Falcon and Winter Soldier wasn't going to be multi-seasonal. Yes, they've announced that they're having a movie. But, like, everything that they kind of set up plot point-wise and stuff like that wasn't addressed. And we didn't know if it would be addressed. And I highly doubt it will be addressed in Captain America 4. Whereas, at least with this, okay, we may not be too thrilled with the fact that they spend 95% of this season in the past... But whatever happens here will be a driving force for season three and the finale. So at least there's yeah. a prospect that this might redeem itself. Yeah, and I I do always, like I've said before, I like when, I know it's counterintuitive to the TV industry, but I like when you plan for the end right. and you know where you're going to go because I feel like you have better story for it then when you just keep on going season after season after season after season with something, and it's just kind of like, what are you even doing anymore? Like, what haven't you done? Right. Um, you know, shows that kind of like one show that had that planned was arrow. They planned for five years. Of course, not all of what was in that five years was great, but after you get past five years, quality really goes down. Um, (laughs) And then you look at a show like Lost, Lost didn't, and then all of a sudden it was kind of imposed, and then they're like, well, crap, we're, we said we're ending it in six seasons. How are we going to fit all these multitudal, you know, multitude of storylines and 
uh, speculation and theories that everyone's been having and satisfactorily end it by season six, especially mm-hmm. when you had a writer's strike in the midst of that, uh, that really left a, a shortened season and your even your season six got kind of cut by X amount of episodes. Um, so I, I agree. I kind of like that. At least if you know, you're going to do, let's say 10 seasons, um, you can plan for those 10 seasons. I like even just give yourself that as your get go, go 10 seasons. This is how we see the story, but then plan that you might have to end it at season four or season five. Yeah. You know, figure out how to adjust the storyline at that point in the event that your show might get canceled. Cause again, that was kind of like Smallville. Smallville was okay. High school, Clark Kent. Oh crap. We got past high school. Right. And now we're going to spend one year in college and then <laughs> we're just going to do Superman. Like that's, that's basically kind of, we're going to do Superman without saying he's Superman was pretty much the plan afterwards. So yeah, um, that's, that's where I got to give him a lot of credit at least, even though I'm not too thrilled with, with what we currently got. Um, and, and another example, uh, actually, is also the MCU shows. Uh, as we get to talk about like Moon Knight and stuff like WandaVision and Hawkeye, uh, even Loki, even though Loki is getting a second season, these shows that they kind of planned one season for, for the most part, have told pretty satisfactory, satisfactory stories uh, with knowing that they had a start point and an end point in X amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that's, that's one thing, at least I do have to, uh, to give them credit for, for Picard. Cause I, I would have been upset to hear, oh yeah, it's already renewed for season four now and be sitting there going, are you sure he's even going to be around? <laughs> like I love him to death and I don't want him to go, but, and, and it's evident in the show he's older, you know, he's, he's, he can't mm-hmm. keep doing it forever. So, uh, it's, it's the sad, sad fate of time sad reality of time um but all right let's uh let's move over to i think Switch. what is going to be the more interesting of our two topics uh and since they were nice enough not to um hit us with anything we're going to go ahead and have well, that on loop uh at least yet, yet. i was gonna say we might find out different this time um, but all right moon knight Episodes one and two. Uh, so to talk a little bit about Moon Knight, um, there's a couple of things you need to understand about the character of Mark Spector or Stephen Grant in this case. Uh, something you may not know going into this show that might confuse you or at least hopefully when we talk about it um, might help make sense kind of what's going on to an extent. Um, Mark has a DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. And um, so he has, now uh, in the show, we've only really seen two, but I I can't remember exactly how many in the comics he is, has or has had, um, but is made for interesting storylines. So this kind of just, especially episode one, um, the goldfish problem, kind of just... (laughs) jumps into it right yeah um we we get introduced to to steven um and i know uh if you go back to one of the podcast episodes i was very critical from the trailer 
the voice that Oscar Isaac was doing. Uh, it sounded really odd and, and weird. I will say that actually within the show itself, it sounds a lot better. So the, like what we heard in, in a trailer like this is, is not exactly, I, I don't, it, it's weird to kind of describe it, but it's not exactly as weird as it sounds in the trailer. It sounds a lot more natural and a lot more organic, but um, he is the um, avatar for Konshu, um, an Egyptian god. Um, I don't know the complete lore uh, of him, but uh, that's kind of who he is. Yes, he's like Batman. <laughs> um, they've openly in the comics have made jokes uh, to to kind of you know tongue in cheek that he's kind of the Marvel's Batman. Um, but again, that disassociative identity disorder adds a little bit more character to him in the sense of it. It's di that's where it's different, right? Um, one kind of criticism I had about this, uh, episode, um, or about the show, not, not the episode, um, was the, um, mentality that what drew Oscar and, uh, Ethan Hawke to the project was, it was going to be kind of disconnected from the MCU. And when you tell me that with anything that's, you know, owned by Marvel and is a part of Marvel, I don't like it. Um, so I, I, re I think that that's really, um, really risky to do because it can alienate your audience before your show even starts. Thankfully, though, and I did catch it in episode two. I don't know if you caught it, but it, uh, the director did come out and say it's there are connections. They're just not going to be in your face connections. And that's where I'm perfectly fine. You don't mm -hmm. need Avengers showing up in the show. You don't need, you know, Peter Parker swinging through through the screen, but, you know, <laughs> for, for a half a second or something like that. Uh, just as long as you have those references that are out there. That's all I really need to show that it is still in the same world and same reality. Um, right. But uh, so, yeah, Stephen, he's a uh, he's a uh, gift store um, at a museum, gift yeah, shop at a museum yeah. and um, uh, clerk, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clerk. Clerk is right. And uh, he's thinks he has a sleeping disorder. Um, which is one thing I, I've got to, I'm going to have to point out, not as a criticism, it's a, it's as a theme for someone who has this issue. Um, they might be thinking they're thinking all the steps through, but they're, they're not. Um, and he's mild mannered. He's kind of shy. He's, he's got a sleeping issue. Um, but uh, one day wakes up in the Alps or something and uh, deals with a bird head talking to him <laughs> and then has what I think is what really is great from this episode is the choreography and the cinematography uh, in the instances when Konshu is telling him to let Mark take control and yelling at Mark to take control uh, of the body and how it shifts. We get this kind of flutter within the screen and all of a sudden Steven's holding a gun and like not knowing what just happened. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool way to present that type of disorder on screen. Uh, Cause that's the type of discombobulation and confusion 
that someone with that type of disorder would have. Um, but I've talked enough. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you let you say some words about this this first episode. I'm trying to separate the episodes in my head, but yeah. I mean, we do start we start with Steven's perspective, mm-hmm. which is a a good place to start. I mean, yeah, we could have started with like Mark, and, but this is the much more interesting way to introduce him, especially because I think they are. Um, like we we have said with like phase four, we're getting into characters that people don't know. Right. Like as well as like, oh, yeah, Iron Man and Thor and Captain America. Like you either are a comics fan to know who Moon Knight is. I know like nothing. Everything I know about him, it, I'm getting from here and I'm not Googling. I'm just like because I'm afraid to Google. I don't want to spoil myself on something that they might plan to use. Right. You know, so I want to stay away from that. But right now, I just kind of, I keep coming up with more questions about his character that I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder this, hmm, I wonder that. Like, I mean, he's obviously like a something, like 40-something, I don't know, year old man. And Mark has been a mercenary for a while. So I'm like, how long has Steven been around? But the mom doesn't answer when he calls. Like, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of confused, and I, I know it's, I don't, I don't want to like upset anybody, but I'm like, who was there first, <laughs> you know, like with the personalities, like, cause I don't, again, it's like, it's also a mental disorder. I don't know anything about, and we're obviously in fantasy land too, right. but I'm like, obviously I feel like Steven had to at least be there when Mark, um, made this deal because they, he kind of mentions it in the next episode in episode two. He's like, you said he wouldn't be a problem when I made this deal. So it's like, well, he obviously had steven there like like he knows about him but not the other way around so i'm like how did he get an apartment like how does how does this work and he's just like well i'll just live here and and just have my go thing weird storage locker whatever like i'm just there's so many questions i have about like just him that it's like i'm not even like Moon Knight is like the third character that I'm kind of like, can I, I'm so interested. I need you to explain, you know, how, how long have, has this been going on? And because he, I mean, Mark's married, they've been on adventures. They've been hunting things down. He's got a history that's of a mercenary. Like he's, he's been doing stuff. Whereas Steven seems very like forgettable on a, you know, he's yeah. a forgettable person. And it's kind of like, he, he at least studied Egyptology, I guess. And, and the hieroglyphics and stuff, but what else has he really done? Do the parents know? Is that why they don't answer? I don't know. Like, I have so many questions about him that I'm like, oh, yeah, the story's interesting, too, but I need a little, I want more character development. <laughs> I want to know more about what's going on. So you but bring up um, what I think is is actually a story um, technique that they're, that they're trying that they're trying to do. They want to put you, the viewer, in Steven's shoes. They yeah, because he's so to, confused. Yeah, they want you to feel his level of confusion, frustration, anxiety, anxiety yeah. um, and, and questioning. As for who was first, uh, in, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, Mark, I think, is first. I, I think Mark is, oh, Mark is who he is. Uh, I would say that somewhere around the time that he made the deal, is probably when it developed. 
Well, because for... that was that was another question. Sorry to no, cut you fine. off, but it's like because obviously, again, like we're in fantasy land, right? So again, not wanting to offend anybody who has this is just this disorder or those people in reality, but in fantasy land, this is like, did this happen because of his deal with an uh, Egyptian moon god? Right. You know, like, and he was he was did not have this disorder before, and now he's developed it. Like, because to me, it kind of seems like he already had it. It was already it there. Could be. And, and you know, and it may, very well, maybe, but and it you know, honestly, what could have happened? Because we don't know how long he's been Moon Knight, right? So, right, we we have a we have an idea that it's been some time, obviously, because of his adventures with Layla, but uh, we don't know what that time frame is. Um, so it could be that. Because uh, he makes a very interesting point in episode two. He has a line of dialogue about there's there was a wall that kind of separated them. And then the strongest, stronger, uh, the stronger of the personalities was who was in control of the of the body. So let's say, OK, he had it prior to his uh, deal, but making the deal is what weakened it, which could be then why. He told Khonshu, hey, it ain't going to be a problem. I have these other personalities because of the fact that, you know, I've been able to control it. And then as soon as the deal happens, that's when the wall breaks. Um, as for, like, whose apartment, I my guess is, uh, you know, it is it is Mark's. He has it for Steven. And then the storage unit is his when he is when he's in control or when he needs to to get ready to go um one kind of complaint i have at the moment but again we're early days with this so it's 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 going to change i want to understand harrow more um because that's where that's really where episode one opens up is uh, and we don't see his face, but you know yeah, we, we kind of know by by later. Mr. Glass episode. shoes, right. and that's that's the thing the the breaking of the glass the the what what I mean I know it's like it serves a purpose there there is because uh, I know that this is the thing that people have done so I don't know why you would do it but you know whatever um, but I want to know more about him because again not to jump too far ahead in episode two but they really do have some very interesting dialogue together which is what this show is is doing right versus something like picard is uh, it sets harrow up as more of a mystery and just a straight up like kind of bad guy but yet he seems gentle and kind of nice and apologetic for the old lady but (laughs) when we get to episode two we understand more of what his rationale is but what his connection is to Kanshu. yeah and that's also something i have a question about right so it's it's unfurling this mystery, I think, at a decent pace, whereas like something like Picard is just like, hey, throw that there, throw that there. If we get to it, we get to it. So I, I, that's what it feels like in Picard right now. Um, but what, the one thing I kind of wanted to point out, um, and this is going on to why like I think Mark is, is the more dominant one, the one who's been around more, because – uh, you know, he thinks Steven thinks he's got this elaborate plan figured out to stop his sleepwalking. He's got the sand poured <laughs> around the bed. He's got the tape yeah. on the door. He's got himself basically tied to uh, a post. The thing is, 
Mark knows about that. Mark replaces the tape. Right. Replaces the sand and gets him back, you know, tied in the bed. Um, so it's, it's one of those things when he starts kind of questioning stuff, it's like, wouldn't you kind of think, well, maybe just because it's all nice and perfect, maybe something else is going on there. And that's not, again, it's not a criticism. It's that kind of him coming to learn that he has another personality. Uh, well, in yeah, because he's, life. he doesn't pay attention to those signs. And right. I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to or, or what, because you see when he does wake up and he takes the tape off the door there's a lot of tape tape. on the trash can and it's like you know maybe that was you know was that the amount of tape that was in your (laughs) trash can before maybe you know kind of realize that there's more tape there right i don't know um so the the central mystery that episode one sets up is of course the scarab we don't know the purpose of the scarab uh we know arthur harrow wants the scarab and is tracking Mm -hmm. steven down we learn that there's basically a new hydra innocence um with everyone that's kind of a part of this uh amet cult this um, cult yeah basically and, um, not really a hydra it's a cult well but but, it, but it's hydra was a cult hydra was a cult and hydra was everywhere right like you didn't know who was hydra until they said hail hydra you don't know who these guys are until you see the the uh, scales the um, tattoo yeah which is is great for uh, egyptian mythology because uh the scales it's it's um the scales represent, so that's how you're judged about whether you're worthy to move on to the underworld. And uh, if your heart weighs the same as a feather, you're, you're, uh, you've lived life with, like, out sin and without hurting people. So Ahmet and Kanshu deliver out um, justice differently. Ahmet is pre-judgment, so minority report. And, Hydra. And Hydra. <laughs> Winter Soldier. Uh, and Khonshu is post, you know, normal. Like, once you've committed the crime, then you should be punished. Uh, which is, again, comes to that kind of interesting dynamic. A dynamic we've kind of seen within Black Panther. Uh, when you look at Killmonger's kind of philosophy and uh, T'Challa's philosophy. So uh, it's a really interesting dynamic that I think that the show is going to do a really good job Um talking about um he obviously gets tracked down to the museum and he has the jackals chase him and this is where we get to see mark talk to him for the first time uh which looks kind of weird uh i i don't know if it's just an effect with all the mirrors and what they what they were shooting it looks a little odd um but nothing to really complain too much about and then we end with him in kind of a quick shot in the suit beating the jackal. Um, anything else that you want to talk about with episode one? No, I'm thinking because uh, as the trailers moved, I feel like a lot of the trailers episode one. Episode one and, and a smidge of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so for anybody who's worried about spoilers through that, <laughs> it's basically episode one, a little bit of two. And there's like I've seen a couple of scenes that I think are from later. But yeah. I mean, even like that scenes episode that the episode one, you yeah. know, like he's he's this is like they did a really good job with the trailer of like not giving away a ton. Right, right. Um, so episode uh, two pretty much just picks up right where we left off. You know, he wakes up. 
uh, and then comes to work and, and there's, uh, you know, them fixing the, uh, the bathrooms from the fight. Um, <laughs> you vandalized the toilet. <laughs> now this is, uh, this is the, this is the moment where I, th- I think it was, no, 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 it's later on, but I'll talk about the connection, uh, with the greater MCU. Did you catch the GRC, uh, logo on the, uh, double decker bus? Oh, on the double de- No, I, I wasn't looking at the yeah. bus. So, so that's kind of nice. It's one of those things that tells me, okay, we're post in game. Mm-hmm. We're in this world, you know? So yeah, that that's, they didn't have to explain anything. It was just like, Oh, Hey, Falcon and winter soldier right there. Um, so this, uh, this episode is a lot more kind of him coming to the realization. He has another personality. He discovers the, the locker room uh, or the storage room has the conversation with Mark uh, meets Layla um, ends up with uh, detectives he should have never let in. <laughs> um, I mean, it's Steven. Like that's and that's yeah. the great thing too is the dynamic Oscar Isaac is able to bring to Mark, being this kind of Jason Bourne, you know, hard gruff character, and then Steven being more vulnerable, mild manner wimp, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really cool to see him portray both even like against himself. Like he's really acting against himself in a couple scenes and it's really, really well done. Um, we get more exposition of, of uh, what the, the scarab it's pointing to Amit's tomb. Arthur wants it because he wants to release Amit. Um, and we have kind of then the conversation between uh, Stephen and Arthur that talk about that kind of pre-judgment, uh, post-judgment, and kind of him coming to that realization that okay, they're yeah. going to kill children through yeah. his little his little thing that definitely is not a cult to have yeah. you with headphones on watching dolphins, like. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, like he kind of gives it the you know the portrayal that oh yeah they're all coming together they're learning they're all about doing good. But also, hey, if your baby's born and in 30 years they're going to rob a place, well, bye, baby. Like, yeah, you know, you're dead. Like, that's like I really kind of like that he drew that type of um, analogy to it rather than going, oh, well, so if, you know, I've done nothing and tomorrow I go steal a piece of bread, like, even though I haven't stolen that piece of bread yet, you're going to kill me because I violated that judgment. Um, because even when we go back to episode one, the old lady, old lady's been around forever, right? And when he judges her, you know, and the scales go against her, she's like, I've done nothing wrong. And he's like, well, you, you just haven't yet. And yeah. kills her, basically. Like, so it, it, it's one of those scenes where it's like, that's kind of harsh. Like, yeah, you know, you kill indiscriminately. And I mean, because he does like make a point like Hitler you know, right? So, but again, when Hitler was born, did Hitler know Hitler was going to do what Hitler was going to do? Like, right, right. It, it's it's one of those things where, yes, we can judge in retrospect and say, yeah, that should have happened, but without knowing that that would have happened, are you right in doing that, or does that make you just as bad? And that's, I think, the core kind of argument that's coming between what Kanshu considers as justice versus Amit. Uh, and really is kind of what sets up that, you know, Amit's going to be kind of the bad guy we want to keep 
uh, the big up bad yeah versus uh actually releasing um and then we also get uh what i'm going to to uh coin i mean it's probably been already said but i'm gonna coin it here on the podcast gentleman night uh so when when psycho colonel sam yeah uh so you know lila's telling him to summon the suit summon the suit and he he's like what what do you mean how do i summon the suit and then he falls out the window and he's going suit suit hits the thing gets back up and he's wearing a nice uh nice posh uh and even even mark's going what the hell are we wearing (laughs) (laughs) and uh and again it's like it's kind of a really funny dynamic when he's trying to fight the jackal and he's trying to muster up that courage. He knows he's got some power now, uh, but he's not really a fighter like Mark is. Mm -hmm. And uh, just watching him kind of go at it with, with it was, was fantastic. And then when Mark takes over, we get the traditional suit and the more. Yeah. I'm still waiting for the gif or jif whatever um if anybody wants to send it my way of <laughs> his transformation to the sailor moon like song sailor moon transformations moon night you know just fyi <sighs> waiting for that i guess i could get working <laughs> on that for you um but yeah it's uh and and then this is the first time as uh, and I think this was a good way to do it right so we get introduced with Stephen for episode one, and mm-hmm. we get little inklings of Mark and a little little idea of who Mark is and then episode two still kind of continues to be Stephen for most of it, with some feedback from Mark, but this is the point where it shifts and now mm-hmm. we're with Mark and Stephen is trapped and aware he's trapped on the other side of the mirror. Yeah. And um, now we're going to be stuck with Mark for, for an episode or two. And I think that that's yeah. a really good way to kind of differentiate it because now that Steven is aware that this is happening, I bet Steven is going to be more of a conscience to him mm-hmm. uh, than, than what he was allowing to kind of run away with as a, uh, as a mercenary in complete control. Yeah. And we also, understand a little more about Mark's motivations to not want to stop right now. Yeah. Because we see that Conchu is looking at somebody that he does not want. Well, um, they, they, they say it. Uh, let... Well, yeah, I was just trying to keep uh, spoilers for okay, well, if I'd, anybody. I'll keep my mouth shut. I, I might have, you know, <laughs> I mean, we away, can, but... we can give it. I mean, I just it's... thought we'll keep some things for you to watch yeah. if you didn't. Well, because I don't think it's really a spoiler yet. It's just showing that Conchu is, is, not manipulating as, him. Yeah, he's not as good as like we we don't want to, you know. Uh, yes, Amit is extremely bad, but Kanshu is not ultimately good either. Uh, but yeah. he's using kind of Layla as leverage leverage to keep Mark doing it because he's like, yeah, hey, you don't want her to become my my puppet. So let me keep saying she because I don't I don't even think he has any intention necessarily of making her his successor but knows mark doesn't want that to happen um yeah. so but i think the episode also does a good job of like showing that like Kanchu can be getting annoyed with this steven mark thing yeah and she also comes off as you know she's pretty awesome at yeah. least in the little bit that we've seen yeah, and we I know she's her. been I on she's been on adventures and stuff and able to handle herself so that she would be probably a good choice yeah you know for next avatar. Right. 
Uh, yeah, I, I did like, uh, I, I guess I really haven't said anything about it, but I did like the character of Layla. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy her, and I like her confusion as well, because <laughs> that means she wasn't aware of this split in his uh, psyche. And so when she when she's talking to him as Steven, like, she's like, oh, yeah, you're just, you know, you're just screwing with me. Like, cut it out. Yeah. Like, come on. And and once, you know, they're in the... Um, in the compound together uh, for lack of a better term. And she's like, come on, get, get the suit, get the suit. And and he's like, I don't know how to do it. That's when she comes to the realization that Steven is not just a fabrication. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, and it's a really interesting dynamic there as well. Um, So yeah, very much have liked these two episodes. Um, I'm, I'm really like, it's, it's going to be one, of course, now I'm on a two week vacation, so I can watch them as soon as they uh, as soon as they come out. Uh, I'm really excited for the episodes and going to want to watch them as soon as possible each Wednesday now, um, because I think everyone is bringing their A game. Um, I'm the story has me intrigued even because uh, I know you you had uh, messaged me after the first episode and you're like, uh, you know, there's. There's some things, and uh, and I um, after well, I was like, the... I'm I'm confused, but I feel like I'm supposed to be confused. Right, and that's where I was like, yeah, I just watched the episode. Like, that's that's they want you to be that way. So if you're going yeah. into this, you don't know anything about the character, and you're worried after watching episode one that you feel like you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you're meant to like yes yeah, like you're you're right where you're supposed to be right yeah don't don't think that you missed something don't think you had to do homework and read up on six years of moon moon night lore to understand or go and look at marvel movies to look for the secret easter eggs that you know explain <laughs> everything that's going on here i do hope um as maybe maybe a mid so it actually probably be this next episode but probably i'd say episode four to kind of break it up, um, I would like to kind of get a flashback episode to show them finding, uh, you know, whatever, and him coming and having the deal with Khonshu. Like, I do think you kind of need to show that. Uh, don't have to spend too much time on it. Maybe not a whole episode, but I think you need to show it. You know? Just a few minutes. Right. And, and again, like, to go back and answer kind of that question of when did the split happen? Was it before and he had a good handle on it or was it after and it's because he made the deal that all of a sudden he has the issue i also am wondering if we're going to see any other different type of uh moon knight personalities or not uh if we won't just get the the fancy suit or or the, the fancy gentleman uh, yeah, the <laughs> gentleman knight um you heard it here first folks um so if anyone else starts adopting it they got it from me I swear sure no one else has thought of that term um and you know his character i would actually really like to see uh in a crossover with deadpool you know i think that that, that would, would be hilarious yeah it would be a really maybe like a you don't even have to do a movie maybe do like a four episode mini series short you know yeah. something like that uh at just, least a short yeah just just do something with them but ultimately yeah they've they've set up a really interesting mystery I think they're doing the multiple personalities really well. Um, and I'm excited, excited for more. 
Oh, I'm I'm really I, I kind of I see that this is listed as a limited series, which kind of makes me sad because I would like to see more seasons of this, uh, or at least fine branch it into a movie. Like, don't just do one and done with this character and with Oscar Isaac because I think they've really struck something really really good here with this. Um, any other any other thoughts from you? No, I was just thinking about first episodes of their show so far. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to kind of compare in my head. But I really do feel like this, I don't know if it's recency bias, but this one really does feel like the best one for Uh... for an episode one. Because, like, I'm thinking about WandaVision, and I think that I had excitement for that I could apply. But if I'm trying to think about the episode just comparatively, even if I think about it episodes one and two, you know, the two black and white episodes. I don't know. Like those were really good. And then this one, Loki was good, but I just, I don't know. Like they're all really good. Not winter soldier. Well, first episode of, of Falcon winter soldier was fine. But I'm putting a ranking in my head. I'm kind of like, but I'm, I'm by, by, by going kind of like off of what you're saying. And I'm, I'm going over it in my head too, as setting up a premise and mm-hmm. setting up a mystery. I would have to agree because WandaVision had its mystery kind of already set up for us, right? Like, yeah, like so that's already, excitement we're bringing to it. Right. We already were just going, okay, we know Vision's here. How is Vision here? Why are they doing sitcoms? But mm-hmm. the episode in of itself, outside of tiny, tiny little things, didn't really do anything to kind of go okay, you need to know more of what's going on. Or uh, here's how the overarching plot is potentially going to go. Because it, right, took so its, it took its time with nine episodes to slowly, once you got past explain. episode three and four, to start really kind of diving into its central mystery. Um, so like maybe Loki and this one? Well, Not that the others were bad. They just don't rake up there for me. So and then with Loki, it's it's good, but again, it kind of doesn't. It just talks about the TVA, right? Like it doesn't really talk about Kang or uh, He Who Remains, because that <laughs> again is something that happens about mid season for it that that mystery really starts to unravel. Loki mm-hmm. was more writing on, and I'm not saying they're wrong for doing this, but writing on Tom Hiddleston and the character of Loki. Like that yeah. was the hype that kind of ran into that. Falcon and Winter Soldier, it was, okay, we want to see uh, Sam become Cap and Bucky, you know, kind of along for the ride. But there wasn't, again, there wasn't really much of a mystery there either. It was mm-hmm. just, okay, we're putting this character on the next step to their path. Um, what if is what if. Like, that. I think yeah. that that's of a different category that you can't really kind of throw that out there. At least yeah. until after um, Doctor Strange. Um, but this one... Is really good. This one's unique because not only is it doing its mystery where no one knew what they were going to do with it, right? We just knew we were getting Moon Knight. Like, we didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, who Ethan Hawke's character is. Well, I mean, probably if you read the comics, you know. But, like, we, we don't know what his... We didn't know what his thing was. We didn't know what 
they were going to do with the multiple personalities because I wasn't even convinced that we were going to get Mark Spector. I thought they were going with the Stephen Grant and just going with that. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that they were going to really adapt the multiple personality thing. So when you come into this episode, it just jumps you right into it. It's, it starts, hey, this is Stephen, mild manner, has a little bit of a weird setup at home. Then he wakes up in the Alps and... You, then you have the cult and then you have him thinking it's all a dream. Then realizing the goldfish has two fins instead of one fin. And, and, and then the, uh, the museum scene, it's a lot better at kind of slowly introducing a new character and throwing you in the story with the character. Cause none of the other ones really were making you go feel what the characters feel. Right. Like WandaVision was just WandaVision. Like we were seeing it for WandaVision. We wanted to see more of their relationship. But here's a character we don't know much of, in, at least within the MCU. Maybe you know him better out in the comic books. But we have the character himself of Stephen Grant not knowing anything and mm -hmm. slowly learning it as the audience is learning it. And that's where this stands apart from all those other all those shows. Like we know the characters in the prior prior shows. We don't know who this character is. So right. hopefully this is a trend we'll see going with She-Hulk and with Ms. Marvel um, mm -hmm. and uh, all the future shows where they're introducing the new characters. Uh, because I really when you said that, I was like thinking about it, I'm going, you're, yeah. you're right. Like this is the better of a premiere episode of introducing a new character setting up its central plot, but also not trying to do too much with it as of right now. Well, you know, yeah. that's always reserves to change. Didn't happen with Falcon and winter soldier till about episode three or four. So it could very well happen here. Maybe they get a little heavy handed with the Egypt stuff later on. And you're, you're really feeling lost, but so far with, especially with the two episodes back to back, um, in this review, I think they're doing just fine and they're doing it really well. And, and again, yeah. maybe maybe it's a little bias that I really like Oscar Isaac. Um, <laughs> but I, I really feel like the writing is crisp. The acting is, is spot on and the cinematography is fantastic. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I really think it's more of the credits of what the individuals are doing than just me being a fan of Oscar Isaac. So... Uh, but that's a really good point to make up. I hadn't really thought of it. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Any? No, any I'm other just topics? You're talking about being a fan of Oscar Isaac. I was just thinking through, like, what have I seen him in previous? Like, well, I was like other things, and I'm like, all the things I feel like I've seen him in more recently, I've liked him in, and all the things I feel like that are older, I'm like, I haven't really liked him that much. But it was mostly. He's usually or playing a character that I was like is a jerk, and I'm like, eh. Are you referring to Sucker Punch? Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I saw um, Ex Machina, and oh yeah, he's a something bad guy else in Ex Machina. That's there was a, something that's else that I saw movie. him in that was also like, and I'm like, eh, I haven't really liked his characters except for like, I like I like Poe, I like him in Dune, I like him in this. I'm like, okay, we're we're moving back in a better direction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's he's a sleazeball in Sucker Punch. I mean, that's that's the first movie I know I, I, I had seen him in. 
And I was like, I'm never going to like this actor because he, and yeah. it wasn't at fault of him. He was just playing the sleazeball so well that like it made me dislike him. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's like the blessing and a curse. Like when people are like, well, I don't want to do, you know, like Star Trek or Star Wars, I'll get typecast. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Cause if you do a really good job, then people kind of see you that way. And if you do a really good job and you're a crappy character, <laughs> you know, like think about like Joffrey game of Thrones, yeah, yeah. then people like have a difficult time separating that actor from the character and, and end up like hating you. But there are some actors I've seen in a role where just like the character themselves was just such a crap person that it's hard for me to like any other character that actor plays. Uh, Cersei, you know, um, um, yeah. Lena Hadley, like, you know, I loved her prior to game of thrones now after game of thrones (laughs) it's like it's hard to watch her Mm -hmm. in something now it's and again it's at no fault of her it's actually more of a testament to her because she played cersei so well and so despicably and i Mm -hmm. mean she really inhabited the character that it's like you did too good of a job. <laughs> right. And now I can't separate you. Yeah. And it's like, again, because I made this joke on a prior podcast episode. And if you're Sean Bean, I'm expecting you to die. Like, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, there's one show that he managed to survive dying. And that was, uh, what was it? What was it called? National oh. Treasure. No, 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 no. Not National Treasure. Uh, it was a, it was on Netflix. i got to look it well, up I was going to say he didn't die in that, as far as I know. Uh it was it was a kind of a Frankenstein show, um, and it'll be a mild spoiler for it. But it's it's old and it's you know it only had two seasons. But the Frankenstein Chronicles, okay. Actually, did did it have three? No, it had. He two. didn't die in um, the Martian either. Well, he dies <laughs> at the end of season one of Frankenstein Chronicles. But he gets brought back to life, <laughs> hence the name. So, um, yeah, it's that's that's one of the few shows that, or a few things that I've seen him where he has survived. But uh, yeah, there there are those actors that have managed to really. I'm trying to think of uh, other ones that kind of come to mind. Um, the one who managed to always walk both lines really well is Christopher Lee. Because he could always play bad characters. I mean, he was Dracula and Hammer, uh, Sauron. But then you would also see him in other roles that you, uh, I'm trying to. Of course, I can't think at all off my, my off the top of my. Didn't head. he play Sherlock Holmes once too? Uh, he, yeah, I think he was Sherlock Holmes, and he was actually the um, inspiration for, uh, like the 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 way he looked at the time was the inspiration for Ian Fleming's uh, 007. So like. Uh, even though that was kind of uh, Ian Fleming's own experience working um, with British Secret Service, uh, the the look and persona was based off of Christopher Lee. Um, that's why I, I did see this uh, this one fine funny little bit of uh, uh, clip. For, uh, it's, I think it's from a special feature of Lord of the Rings, but it was Peter Jackson telling him how to react. Oh yeah to getting stabbed in the back by Grima and he stopped him and was like, no. And he's like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> no. And he explained, cause he had done it. Uh, yeah. and he had served in the military and mm-hmm. Peter Jackson's like, okay, I'm never 
never <laughs> questioning or giving you instruction again. You do what you need to yeah. do. So. Yeah, that's in the, the special <laughs> features. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Because I bought the special special box extended editions every year when they came out. So I've had watched those special features mm-hmm. that were in there. So I don't know if that's something recent that people got back on the internet or something. But I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I just saw it resurfacing uh, just the other day. But um so, uh, okay, we haven't given our scores yet on this, but then we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk a little Doctor Strange news after this because we're we're still a little early. But let's, let's see if we can drag this out to eight o'clock. Um, <laughs> episode one, four and a half. It's a good opener. You know, yeah, it's a good like, opener. Four and a half. Even even though I, maybe I'm giving half a point off just for that weird effect of the end scene when he's talking because it. Again, I don't think it's actually an issue. It's just the way that the mirrors are acting and how Oscar looks in the mirror. Uh, it, it's just a weird effect to my eyes visually. Uh, and episode two, four and a half. Like I mean, yeah, it's like not really, they're being pretty consistent. Yeah, there. It's not really many issues to to really pull apart. Uh, I the only thing I can think of that I thought was a little odd was him getting out of the storage place just fine after like running around and weird stuff's happening. And like all of a sudden he's outside. I'm just like, eh, it's a little hard for me to believe, but well, when they did that, like little freeze frame, that kind of felt like comic book oh, panel yeah, yeah, to yeah, me where yeah. he's like, ah, yeah. you know, with the, it was a little horror moment. Case. And yeah. then it was like, Oh, I'm outside. And I'm like, yeah, uh, that's not exactly what I expected, but, uh, but yeah, f- pretty much. It's like, a cut. Yeah. So four four and a half out of both uh, episodes for me. What about for you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. I feel like it's a really good opener so far. They haven't done anything that I'm like, eh, yeah, you know, about. So yeah. it's, it seems like it's going to be paced very well. They're introducing not too many plot points. They've and you know, there's they they're not scared to do heavy exposition scenes and yet make it still very interesting so that yeah. you're not bored um, during them. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's, uh, cause I know you don't have much issues with this, but it's got me a little concerned. Let's, let's talk a little Dr. Strange to <laughs> news. Uh, so as we, we have our tickets, <laughs> we, we both have our tickets and we're actually almost seeing it at, at the exact same time, just 15 minutes difference. Yeah. Um, so the reminder to the people who don't know, we do live in different States. This is true. Not far, but, but we do <laughs> not far, but states. different and States pretty well actually now we don't work in the same place anymore so (laughs) um uh so news came out dr strange 2 multiverse of madness is only going to be two hours long and i know for most people that probably means nothing for me it gives me a little concern with what they're presenting as what they're trying to do with it. So again, I'm going to, I'll reserve judgment to after the film will, obviously we will do a podcast episode that Saturday uh, talking about it. Uh, We haven't decided yet if we're going to do like what we did with the Batman, where we'll talk about the movie in general, uh, talk about some other stuff and then we'll do spoilers at the end. We'll, we'll, we'll wait to see probably will be how impactful and how good. How much we have to say. Yeah. Uh, and like how big those spoilers should be. If those spoilers are monumental, I think maybe we won't at least that week. Um, just so everyone can kind of go in it fresh, but, um, two hour runtime gives me a little bit of concern, 
but maybe it's confidence on their part that they feel like they can fit the entire story that they want to tell within two hours. And if that's the case, then, hey. I mean, it might be a really fast-paced moving two hours. Right. Uh, Because I think about, like, Infinity War and Endgame, and I don't see those movies getting scrunched down to two hours, like, without losing some substantial bits that uh, I think are actually important. Um, So it makes me wonder like maybe how much is cut off left on the cutting room floor. Um, or if there was anything, cause you know, we've got the Illuminati we're going to deal with. We've got like four different Dr. Stranges that we're going to see in this. We got the rumors of all the different cameos. Um, actually that'll be an image I can, I'll see if I can bring up. Uh, cause there's speculation about who this one character might be, if it's going to be Monica or if it's going to be, uh, uh, superior Tony Stark. Uh... I don't know. I I don't know because I, I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. If we set a precedent for like, oh, any movie that feels like it's going to be a big thing has got to be up to at least three hours or closer there. Like, maybe it should be two and a half hours? I don't, I don't. I don't want them to feel like they constantly have to do long movies. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, a hundred percent agree with that. Um, it's like when you, when you look at, um, um, No Way Home, in, in, uh, in context of its runtime, it feels like that was they knew that they had to tell it within two and a half hours, and it feels adequate for the story they told. Um, oh. As for this that's the and see that's the thing like this is kind of prejudging it right now um man i i found the image when i clicked on video but not so much when uh when i let's see um that like it's just one of those things where you're like you know without knowing the movie and being able to tell uh that that the two hours fits it perfectly fine that's yeah. that's that's where I got that like apprehension because I just don't want them to try so many different plot lines and storylines. Yeah, the only the only worry I would say, if it's even a worry right now that I would have about it, is that um, what's the character America Chavez? Yeah, her character. I feel like I'm I'm slightly worried we'll get the shaft because we see a lot, like you said, there's going to be cameos, there's going to be all these multiple Doctor Strange, there's going to be Wanda. That I'm kind of like, honestly, kind of thinking, do we even need her, like, or should she have been introduced in a show? So, depending on whatever that she's going to be doing here, you know, it's kind of like, you know, right again, introducing new character in a movie when you got all this other stuff you got to do. Maybe there'll be enough time for us to get to know and care about her. Maybe there won't. I, you know. Um, so yeah, cause uh, so I think, um, they're primarily going to use her based off of her power power set, which was, cause I know you didn't want to necessarily look it up, but I looked it up cause even she's a character that was kind of getting introduced, um, as I was, uh, stopping on my collection. Um, gosh, I wish I could just pull that image, but you guys don't want me to find that image. You just want me to pull up YouTube videos. Um, but, um, I think that they'll, they'll do enough to the extent that 
we'll get an idea of her power set, who she is, uh, what importance she's going to play, but also not do enough to kind of tell us all what she's about and maybe leave more explanation of who she is uh, to um, a later show to a show or to a a solo movie even Um, now I'm trying to see if I can pull it up in the if you can find it in the trailer it's driving me nuts Um, but yeah because like we even see uh, spoiler if you haven't seen the latest trailer but we do see Wanda's kids again. So this is directly coming from the end of, um, uh, of WandaVision and kind of that when she hears the voice and she goes kind of running off, like that's going to have a, a huge play into this as well. Um, so I'm really, again, I'm just kind of like intrigued if you're going to have all these cameos and you're going to have all these characters how do you fit that in two hours? I'm not saying you can't, but how? Because we even know that he's going to end up in the animated universe, I think, as they're going through At the different some point. multiverses. So it's, and I think we're going to see him going up against, oh, oh, there it is. Yeah, back it up a little bit. Yeah, could be fast. Okay, well, that's that's about as good as we're going to get it. Um yeah, it's hard to tell. I think it might be Monica. Well, I would say possibly, and this may not even be the exact same image. But maybe because... but maybe not, because part of me is just thinking about, well, she's not supposed to come back until the Marvel's movie. Right. So I don't know if they'll bring her back or not, like in something like this. But it wouldn't be totally out of character because she just got her powers basically from Wanda. Right. So it's it's one of those things where it's like you got a lot going on here. Um Yeah. And and I think they even said that like Zombie because we see here Zombie Strange that even Zombie Wanda is going to be making an appearance uh from the last uh little maybe that's where I can find it if I find the dreams trailer. There might be a better image of that. Um But uh yeah, it's just one of those things where you you got a lot you're doing in here, and mm-hmm. it's just you're gonna you're gonna possibly it's the same problem that Spider Man three had, and then Spider Man uh, two was that uh, they had too many villains. I'll just wait till let's see if it pops up here. Um, too many villains and not enough time to fully flesh them out and uh, introduce them and make them have an impact uh, on the actual story. And that's what kind of concerns me on this is, okay, yeah, it might be really flashy. It might have some really cool cameos. looks like we'll see a different Dr. Christine, or maybe it's the same Dr. Christine. Um, but, like, it's it's going to be um, – it's, it's going to be really – there. ah, there it is. That's a better, <laughs> That's a better look at it. Uh, let's see, see if I can. So see, that's where it doesn't, it doesn't look like a woman necessarily. And and they look, I don't know the curve of the hips. Oh, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it's Captain Marvel. I mean, yeah. Cause, cause they look white. Um, Like, well the head. Yeah. But that could all just be effects that are, that are on it. 
but the fact that like I'd say the curve of the hip yeah I can see and that then I know what you're talking there about there's there looks like a like a belt sash thing that like Captain Marvel's worn in some of her stuff yeah possibly yeah it's like and and Monica's hair could be braided up into a faux hawk yeah yeah uh, yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like everyone has been speculating about who yeah who's that character is um to me it it looks more like it's either going to be Monica or Carol yeah or whatever their universe's yeah, version yeah their multiversal uh counterparts so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like you got a lot going on here yeah that's why I'm that's for me it's it's about characters cuz it's like yeah as Amer as Chavez you know she's going to get like 5 minutes on screen like cuz it just feels like to me, all the other interesting stuff is going on with Wanda and her kids and Doctor Strange and all that's happening there. Like, who is this little character and do we even need her? I mean, I might fall in love with her in the movie. Who knows? Right. I, I have a feeling that she's going to be the one to come to tell Strange that something's wrong. She searches out him. Um, so much like he's the kind of the first one to know that something's wrong after Peter's spell. I mean, granted, Peter, like, finds out, but he encounters the lizard first, right? Um, right. That there, maybe it's it's something to that extent that, um, who, who knows? Again, well, thankfully, we have, like, a, a month, less than a month till the movie comes out. So, yeah. unless I die in some catastrophic accident, I'm going to know <laughs> before too long. You've just jinxed um, yourself. You well, put it out into the universe now. Well, maybe one of my variants will get to watch it. So, <laughs> um, or out there in the multiverse, who knows? Um, I also hope that this will be our first, uh, and I mean like post-credit scene or mid-credit scene, our first glimpse at Kang. Um, Doing something. Yeah, just that. Kind of you do even if you kind of emulate Avengers where. Uh, you just have the quick look and grin type thing. Like you, he doesn't have to be doing much. He could be just monitoring the timelines, um, but give us a little bit of a glimpse there. Um, Cause we still got a little bit of ways before Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania. Um, Cause that's like on the Thor. Well, I think the next after is Thor love yeah. and thunder. And then I think uh, black Panther two is after that. And then, I think that's when Ant-Man they're they're 2023. I know that much uh, for sure. So we, we've got a ways before we get to the official introduction of Kang, but this is the time like it didn't need to be in Spider-Man, uh, but mm -hmm. with Dr. Strange, this is where you start really introducing him, especially yeah, build, building it up, especially it up. if people aren't watching the shows and don't know about he who remains and the bigger connections that that has to everything. So, um, let's see. Are there any other, any other, do topic you, did you watch the trailer for ev everything everywhere all at once? Yes, I have seen the trailer. <laughs> yes. I know you want to cover it. I've got some thoughts on that movie. I haven't seen it yet. So let me be clear. I've seen the trailer. I like Michelle Yeoh. I actually I love Michelle Yeoh. So that's n that's mm -hmm. not even the issue. I wasn't a huge fan of the trailer. Um, we'll, we'll get we'll pull it up here for for those watching here on YouTube. Um, 
Well, what's everything? Everywhere, never, all at once. There, there you go. I yeah. Just, yeah. I just needed to type that much. Yeah. Um, it's A24. And A24 right now for me is a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, sometimes they do really good movies and sometimes they try too hard. Uh, primarily with their horror, so not necessarily science fiction. But, um, you know, it's it's dealing with the concept of a multiverse uh, and, you know, her kind of learning different abilities from all the different hers out there. Uh, I like that movie better when it was called The One with Jet Li. So maybe maybe that's why uh, I'm, I'm having a little issues with this film and whether or not I would like it. Uh, the shorter, I would say the shorter trailer that they play like before some YouTube videos that's mm-hmm. like a lot more condensed is a lot more interesting than what I'm seeing so far on this one. Cause I haven't watched the full trailer. Okay. I've just watched the shorter piece. Yeah. So she kind of gets contacted by one of her others or something like that. And they all start, she starts managing to make connections to the others to learn all of their different skills, skills, and techniques. And yeah, there's, I like, batshit crazy movies but this looks almost <laughs> too batshit crazy for me um i have no doubt that she is really good in this movie i, I like i said i love michelle yo she's one of the she was one of the better parts of discovery season one and two like mm-hmm. you know she was one of those shining lights but this i just think like someone was on too much lsd and decided they wanted to make it into a movie and yeah i like that like the the wobbly like what what are the wobbly fingers right it's it's, uh, like i i like the idea of someone who feels like they have nothing going for them that they're not good at anything and then they learn about all of these other thems and they start learning all of these different abilities and they really start kind of realizing their own potential should speak to me, but in, in the googly eye, like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said let's wait till it's on a streaming service. Oh, of course, of course, and watch. We'll it. cover it. Absolutely, we'll cover it. I'll watch it because it could be the best movie. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> there, it, it's very, it's very possible. I just. That's the first trailer I watched too. So I'll oh, see the the first trailer I watched was just the shortened. I mean, it's not like a thirty second. It's it's like a a forty second, forty five, right. something like that. Second trailer. That's a little more action packed, I guess, focused and not as drawn out as that one. Right. So it's it's like when you, when you, that's that's the the story trailer. So that's the one to kind of set you up on everything versus the the one to go, Oh, that's got really cool action sequences. So, (laughs) well, um, yeah, that says, you know, critics are raving. (laughs) Right. And, and a 24 is one of the studios that they started out really good. in, In my opinion, like they, they were making more kind of art housey films, but also, uh, being really good with their genre, like, uh, the witch, uh, the Robert Eggers film. The Witch is fantastic, and it's a true horror film. Like, it's more of a period piece, but it's a true horror film. When you get to something like Hereditary, you're starting to kind of 
cross the line a little bit, although it does manage to still be horror. And Midsummer still manages to be horror. But then you get to something like, um, oh gosh, what what was it? Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Now I gotta pull it up. Now now it's gonna bug me. A, a list of A24 films. Um, because there there's some movies that they've done. Oh, I must have switched over here. Wasn't intending to do that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find it. I know, like, uh, Ghost Story was odd. Uh, Ex Machina is an A24 movie, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's fantastic sci-fi. Um, the Witch, that's good. Green... Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even remember that. Okay, Leslie, I'm going to change... You won't watch this movie because it's horror, but... Uh, it, but it's real life horror. Uh, I'll even read you the description. But if you want your, you, we were talking about actors uh, playing roles so well uh, that they kind of get stuck in that role a little bit, or you can't uh, distinguish them in anything else. You want to see Patrick Stewart play so against his typical character. <laughs> Watch Green Room. The premise of Green Room is a punk band finds themselves attacked by neo-Nazi skinheads after witnessing a murder at a remote club. Patrick Stewart is the neo-Nazi leader. <laughs> and he's, fan I mean, he's fantastic. He's really good in it. But it was one where you're just like, okay, that's, uh, that's not yeah. typical. Doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. See him, man. I'm trying to. F it, it comes at night. Wasn't as much as that one tries to pr portray itself as a horror film. Wasn't I liked it, but it really wasn't horror. Uh, Ghost Story was just a weird love story. Um, Hereditary is one I never liked. I, I got to rewatch it, but I just it, it did such a poor job of. It could have been so much more than what it ended up being that would have made it so much better. But Midsummer was uh, Ari Aster's follow-up, and that was a lot better. Uh, Lighthouse is fantastic. Maybe I'm wrong. I could have sworn there was some movie that they did <laughs> that they tried to portray it as horror, and it wasn't really horror. But I'm, as I'm looking through it, I don't see it. Um, maybe maybe I am thinking of Hereditary. That, that could be it. But something like The Lighthouse is really good. Uh, it's... It's elevated horror, so let, let's uh, so let's call it that. It's elevated horror, where it wants to be more art house, um, philosophical. Because I will say something like the lighthouse is actually very philosophical, but also kind of tied to Lovecraftian horror, um, and it's it's it was what told me that Robert Pattinson could potentially be a good Batman. Because that was like one of the first outside of Harry Potter uh, movies that I actually sat down and watched him in. Uh, out, well, outside of Tenet, um, where I'm like, OK, this movie will show me if he is a serious actor or not. And boy, did he not disappoint in The Lighthouse. And Willem Dafoe was fantastic in that movie as well. Um, but yeah, that's... Um, a24 is just one of those studios that's trying to be niche but also be accessible and I don't really think that their mo their movies are def it's like um kind of like Criterion Criterion's more of the um 
older films, film history, uh, classic films, and A24 is trying to be like that, but also be intellectual. And sometimes a movie just much like uh, this was always I don't know about you. This is getting way off topic, but um, I don't know if this ever bothered you in, in, in school or not. But I uh, when when uh, an English teacher would assign a reading and go, what is the deep underlying message that the author is trying to make his audience understand and you read it and you're like it's the tree's a tree like it's not a symbol for man's struggle against time or something like that you know did you ever yeah, well well, it, the thing that always got me with that sort of stuff was that they would be like, and there's no wrong answers, but then tell me my answer is wrong, <laughs> you know, or, right. or the fact that they like assign something like that to every single, because the author wouldn't have written it if it didn't mean something. Right. And sometimes it's like, well, the author's just trying to paint you a picture of what the scene looks like. It doesn't have to be, maybe they just want you to feel like it's a chilly winter morning, not necessarily that like society's in a downfall or something or right uh like take lord of the rings for the, for example like lord of the rings is is really is technically like an analogy or a metaphor of world war ii right but tolkien only kind of used the events to help shape the world he was telling he wasn't directly going yes and the hobbits are the u.s who came and the the ring is the nuclear bomb dropped on you know hiroshima and nagasaki and and sauron is is the leader of the axis and and all that stuff like no you know it, it's it's just he let those influences kind of permeate in his head and he decided how to create a fantasy world from that and then tell a fantasy story that has some relations to it um you know, I think really when you only get to like poetry is really when like an author is trying necessarily to convey a message or or uh, uh, a philosophy, a feeling, or yeah. emotion. Yeah, and and it's changed in writing today because now everything has to have a message and everything has to have a meaning, which um, which is part of the problem. Um, it's like Star Star Trek Discovery more specifically than Picard has to bring up the you know the issue of of characters having uh, they them pronouns rather than just in, instead of it being organic and part of the story they had to force it like instead of having the planet where there's really no genders and stuff like that uh, like they did in uh, Next Generation right, right like that that's that's when you have an actual like clever writer and a, and a better writer is when they can do that without having to beat it over your head and have a character lecture you about about well no my pronouns are they them and, and you know if you say this then or, or the reason i won't interrupt you is because i'm too timid and i i can't uh stand up for myself like that's 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 when you're kind of crossing that line of telling a story that has a meaning and then a meaning that you're trying to tell a story with right um but that's 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 kind of like what a24 i feel like is with some of their movies where it's like well um someone can watch the lighthouse and talk about how it's the it's the the metaphor for the the working man and their struggle as a 
lighthouse watcher or something and, and mania that the, that isolation caused and stuff like that. Like it's, sometimes a lighthouse is a lighthouse right like <laughs> you know it always kind of bothered me in school when when they're like no no the writer clearly the author clearly had a message here well, what if they didn't like wouldn't yeah how do you know the author intended like instead if the author came out and said yes, especially no. because most of the stuff that we would read is the author's already dead right. so like grapes of it's wrath. not like they can like of course grapes grapes of wrath is about the depression right so yeah, I know what the author's trying to convey by the Grapes of Wrath. Uh, Catch, uh, Catching the Rye is about growing up and not wanting to be an adult, right? Like, it, well, it's, that's oversimplification, but that's that's kind of the gist. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not everything needs to have a meaning. Not everything. I, let's take Moon Knight, for example, because I, I saw this headline and unless this comes into play later I, I and I don't see how or even why it should because I don't care I'm I'm already interested in the show the the headline was um, let me let me pull it up because uh, I do have it screenshot um, and and it's fine that they that they believe this but at the same time it's like this is this is a character in a fictional world dressing up in in a cape like moon Knight's Jewishness plays an integral role in his origins. And so far within moon Knight, and these first two episodes, I had no idea. Right. They've not even talked about him being Jewish. They've never, no, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like, Right. That's not a defining characteristic of his character, right? Like, I'm more interested in the fact that he is a mercenary with DID and who talks to a bird's call. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm more interested in the story that they're actually telling versus the real-life characteristics of of who he's supposed to represent or what, what uh, group he's supposed to represent. Like... That's that's when you start hurting something, right? Is when you when you start forcing that lens, when you start putting the lens of politics and of the real world into your fictional realities, without it actually having an impact. Again, I, Star Trek is the only show, and I'll even throw Stargate in there because Stargate was really good at doing it too. That managed to teach lessons to its audience without ever lecturing. Maybe that was different at the time because I was young enough to maybe not know that maybe I was being lectured to, but <laughs> I've watched DS9 several times as an adult and never felt once. And there are a lot of episodes that are a mm -hmm. lot that are about uh, uh, xenophobia, about race, about gender. Heck, the whole religion, episode, the, the Ferengi with the women and uh, you know, women couldn't mm -hmm. do anything. And then all of a sudden you find out that his mo quarks mom is basically running the whole Ferengi empire and, and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's like, that's funny. And it's a good way to talk about uh, gender differences and, 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 and stuff like that. But never did it feel like, yes, you need to accept this message. It's going, no, let's put this in a funny story and let's hope our audience 
can take something away with it. And that's I, that's why I say Star Trek was, it's not currently, was the gold standard at pushing through messaging without making you feel bad if you didn't agree with it or or just try to make you feel bad. Whereas I think a lot of programming nowadays tries to just make you feel bad for something. You know, it's, hey, if you like it, you like it. it I mean, all at the end of the day, all I want from any writer is just to write a good story. That's all I right. want. Um, I, I don't know if I've, I think I've talked about it with you. I know I've talked about it with, with some other people, and I might have mentioned it up on the podcast uh, one time before. But uh, there was a book, young adult books, uh, and yes, I still read young adult books because sometimes those stories uh, I find interesting. Uh, just because they're young adult doesn't mean an adult can't read them. Um, and it was it was a horror related series. It's called Asylum. Uh, it was a three book trilogy, and then it got a, a, a prequel book. Loved all three books of the original trilogy. There was even a, a, a gay character in the book. I really liked the character. Never once like felt like it was forced. Seemed completely organic to the story. You get to the prequel book, and the prequel book, in my opinion, was the worst book she ever wrote. And it was because she tried to force things in there. She tried to force some trans issues in there where a character was uh, wanting to be trans, you know, was a man believing they were a girl and nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as you're an adult, just don't do anything to young children. That's my opinion on that. That's my opinion only. Leslie, feel free to keep your mouth shut if you want to. (laughs) Um, I'll get myself in trouble for it, but you know, I have no problem with what an adult wants to do with their life. And the character was probably in 16, 17, so old enough. Uh, it, you know, and of course, was, and this was set in the 70s or 60s or 70s. So, of course, it would be really out of line for a person at that time to consider themselves trans. But the character never hit home to me. Like, it felt so forced. It's, it, it felt so much like an agenda uh, that they were trying to push this that that the writer themselves was trying to push this particular narrative and and preach to me person who's read her other books um, or their other books rather I don't know what their pronouns are um, but uh, it, it, it I finished it it was okay but like it was just one of those things where it was like you did it well with your first book or your first you know three books but you just didn't manage to do it right here so when you start taking something like that that headline that headline was from ign like that that was that was straight up from them and i'm going okay maybe put an editorial in front of that because that's a personal's a person's personal beliefs on it right like and that's fine they can have those personal beliefs but not everyone's going to watch this unless it becomes something super important to the story and I get they're probably going back to the actual history because, you know, Jewish people were used as slaves by Egyptians to build pyramids and stuff like that. So, you know, you're going back to actual, you know, um, Egyptian history. But so far as we know, Steve, Mark, we don't know if they're technically Egyptian. We don't know. Yeah, we, we don't know. And 
unless they were like maybe that editorial was talking about something in the comics because like i said i'm the only thing that i know about this character is what i'm learning through the show i know nothing else about him if i remember correctly and i'm looking it up as as we speak so i'm i'm gonna break your rule um but uh i i I am curious and i'm looking more in the comics necessarily than the um i'm just trying to see if they say something about his ethnicity because usually they have that in the side here but i'm not seeing it abilities aliases uh team affiliations alter ego it looks like he does have about four total personalities not don't know if we'll see those or not um let's see okay he is jewish in the comics i see it right there son of a rabbi that's fine right yeah well like, and that's remember still explored yeah yet. i was gonna say remember still that just because that's what's in the comics does not mean that's what they're gonna bring to the screen to the mcu version of something right. and even and even if it does that's fine in my opinion though the things that are kind of defining him as a character is he was a marine who was a cia, CIA operative and who became a mercenary right so like those are the things that leap out to me not necessarily where he came from it's like the thing that sticks out to me about t'challa is he's black panther he's the son of a king like he lives in wakanda and you know nothing else about anything else about him necessarily has to impact my thoughts of him as well because he's african okay well that that's the defining characteristic well no i mean it just he just happens to be african but he's got all these other things that i think that apply more to him as a character than just the fact that he's african much like with mark okay he's jewish but he's much more than just jewish like again yeah i mean are they going to bring that to him in in the the mcu right um so maybe they were specifically just talking about the comics which okay that's fine like then maybe I don't have as much of an issue with it, but um, it, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, don't again, don't put what you believe should necessarily be on the character. Just let the character be and people will learn to come and accept them. I mean, do you know of anybody who hates black Panther as a character? I, I certainly don't. I mean, Maybe there's, well, there's probably people who aren't even comic book fans that might not, but, like, he's a beloved character. I I, I go to this, like, yes, Peter Parker is my Spider-Man, because he's always been my Spider-Man. But Miles Morales is my nephew, Mm Spider-Man. You know, and that's completely fine. I like like the character of Miles. I loved uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I love him in the video games. I've loved him in the comics. Uh, and again, that's where, okay, so that, that's actually, because I'm rambling now and we're here, we're, we're at, our, at our time, <laughs> but let me, I'll finish on this thought and then we'll, we'll call it a night. That's where they used a character's background and ethnicity, but they used it, I think, rightfully. Of course, he's mixed. Um, I'm, I'm, I got to pull it up so I don't miss... Uh, miss uh label it um or misidentify it um i believe puerto rican um yeah african-american and puerto rican 
um, and kind of, you know, not uh, not well financially and wins a part of the like school lottery to get into the, the really good school. That's stuff that they put in there that actually like played a lot into his character and well doesn't define Miles necessarily, but they were able to do it and um, and, and just uh, like even here they just, even if they even if it was a thing of trying to be politically correct, well it backfired because everyone liked him. Like I again, he's not a character I know that people just hate because he's half Puerto Rican, half African American. Like it's they managed to write a compelling enough character that audience members were able to latch onto. And again, he's my nephew Spider-Man. If you ask him who Spider-Man is, he says it's Miles. And there's nothing wrong with that. So again, there's a way to do it. There's a way not to do it. Um just try to write a good story, write a good character. Sure, you can put those types of things in there, but as long as you're doing it well and doing it right, people won't mind. I mean, I think, and this is the advent of Twitter, right? And everyone's in their echo chambers. I think mm-hmm. people forget that Twitter isn't real life and that oh, you're only the people you surround yourselves with are the only the open-minded ones or, the, or, or, or in you know, and uh, Converse uh, um, are the only ones with closed minds. You know, a lot more people are more open-minded as long as they don't feel preached to. Um, so, okay, I've done my ramble. I'm <laughs> sure some at some point I will get yelled at for, for saying the things I said. Uh, but just a reminder, if you stuck around with us this song, we are doing the giveaway. Um I also haven't been looking at the chat to see if anyone's been chatting. I don't think so. Nope. Oh, I haven't um, had it pulled up. And me either. Normally I've got it up on my phone, but uh, was looking up too many things at the same time. Uh, but just as a reminder, if you're listening to this on replay and everything, uh, if you're listening to it on uh, audio only on iTunes, and yes, the prior episode will get uploaded on there uh, eventually. I was lazy last time. Um, we are giving a giveaway for a 4K digital copy of Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, the winner will be announced either next week or the week after, just depending on if we do a live stream next week uh, after Friday's celebration night. Um, if we don't, you know, you'll be on the next one. It'll give you just two weeks instead of one week. Uh, so to enter, you're going to have to like comment on our live stream or on our video share it out on the, um uh, to anyone on your social medias or whatever and uh yeah leave us a comment in in the below so we know who you are and again it's only for those in the states because i do not believe that the code will work outside of the states uh so there you go you got the rules on uh on how to enter and uh i think that's going to do it for us this week Thank you guys for joining. If you stuck around through my uh, my rant, as I am ought to do uh, every now and then, I've got to I got to have something that gets. Uh, I need to create a segment for our show called uh, Patrick's Soapbox. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you again, Leslie, for for joining. Um, you've got some uh, some videos here. Well, uh, planned for the future, so nothing out, out coming out long, but. You, uh, <laughs> 
you're planning on doing uh, some series of stuff. Why don't you tell us a little bit of what you're going to do? Possibly. Well, again, you know, it's it's yeah, a TBD. Again, TBD. Yeah. Well, all of this is like way TBD yeah. just because of like you said, like work, like yeah. the day job comes first. Right. So of possibly just uh, like doing, what did I say? Star Trek Discovery? Because, I mean, that would be, that would be some, I guess I should say in the format of more like a reactor channel from YouTube. Um, but that's, there's this big steep learning curve of yes. like figuring out editing stuff, how, putting it together, trying not to get copyright strikes, mm-hmm. things like that and uh, putting it together. But I just had floated that idea as, cause I know that we've mentioned it before and I didn't know if anybody would be interested in watching me watch a show that I really <laughs> have. I've not gotten past four episodes of because I haven't liked it. I'll be really interested. <laughs> to see if my opinion changes if it can uh-huh. get better you know just like that sort of a thing of possibly like breaking this up so that it's not just like a saturday stream that you right. have to come watch and then like you could do more um of the video game things yep. and but again that's all just like brainstorming yep stuff stuff we got in the works because uh, one of the things you and i and we've talked about it here on the show before was we want to get some more kind of pre-recorded videos out during the week to you know yeah kind of keep stuff out there going and, and draw well, people to the show and with the patreon too we thought about like me just continuing on watching mm-hmm. um daredevil on my own and just being able to have that out there and then do like a condensed version for YouTube. Just like we're just floating around lots of ideas of trying not to have to rely so much on matching up schedules. Cause again, day jobs. (laughs) Yep. I mean, right now I, I, I won't know what that feels like, but, uh, uh, it'll have, I'll be back to it before too long. uh, Yeah. It's not going to be that long. You'll be back at the (laughs) two weeks are going to go by so quick. It's it's going to be sad cause it's going to be like, Oh man, I got to finally go back to work now. Um, but for those, uh, if you're interested, just got, like we said in the last one, you know, I might have some life changing things coming. I've got a new job that I'll be starting and, uh, it's going to hopefully allow me to have some more money to reinvest in the show. Um, I'm going to (laughs) be reaching out to a couple people I know in a, in a community that, uh, do, uh, overlays and stuff like that. So we can spruce up kind of the look of the show. So it's not just what we got currently, but you know, I, I may be a maybe the tortoise at it, but you know we're we're improving, we're improving it bit by bit. Now uh, at some point I'll get a new board and and all that stuff. I'm gonna get probably try to get new editing software, but you know that's all stuff to come. But we're really excited for the future of the show and what we're gonna bring. <laughs> so uh, you know, hey, as part of the the giveaway, comment down below what you guys would like to see, some topics you'd like to hear from us, or some of uh some solo videos you'd like uh, like to see um, us discuss, and we'll look at doing a series of them. So, Yeah, because right now, um, a lot of things that seem to be popular on YouTube that people are reacting to is, like, stuff I've already watched. Right. <laughs> or, like, thoroughly have watched, like, several times. So right. it's kind of like, it, the, the thing is trying to think up, like, well, what can I watch that, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're doing all the Disney movies. Like, well, I've seen those, you know, (laughs) this would not be my first watch for things like that. So, All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, Thank you all again for stopping by or catching this on replay or listening to the audio only when that goes up. We will talk to you guys next time.